Hey, everybody, we're going to pick up our conversation we started last week. So if you haven't listened to last week's episode, go back and listen to that episode, and then you can listen to this episode. This is part two of a two-part series. Uh, I hope you enjoy. Welcome to The Friday Habit with Mark Labriola and Benjamin Manley. The Friday Habit is for small business owners, freelancers, and creatives who are ready to take their business to the next level. Join us as we discover how to apply the strategies we learn to grow our businesses, make more money, and live every day like it's Friday. I think you got to give value first, especially when you don't have a reputation. They're going to trust you, right? I mean, honestly, business is all about trust. And if you can't build trust with it, with your customers, then you have, you have no business. Trust is everything. So how are you, I mean, how are you funding this stuff? I mean, did you save up a lot of money? Like when you were at the crypto place and then you could take like time off, like how come you didn't have to have a job? You live in an expensive city. Like, yeah. So I had savings from that crypto job and I, Went right into it. You um, paid all in Ripple? I, at one point, I was paid in XRP. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I, you know, I had some some savings um, that I could live off of. Um, but, you know, what's funny is a lot of people say, don't quit your day job. Um, you know, do build something on the side for a while and then and then quit. And I, I guess in a way I did that you know, in New York, right, with my you know, mm-hmm. iPhone app and what whatnot. Um, but I think it's really empowering if you save up some money and then go all in because there's no real plan B. And like that really, I mean, that the first six months after I started at the company was like, I mean, I was like, it's like 24 hours and it really mm-hmm. drove me into such a deep, almost like a spiritual level of within myself. Um, and that drove me to places where it, you know, it wouldn't be where it is today without, um, that Mm. kind of dedication and, um, just persistence. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost that, that, that pressure, you know, uh, it's like, we need that, that pressure in order for us to really reach our full potential. You know, it's like, you need that, like, okay, like if I, if I don't obsess about this, it's not going to happen. And sometimes, you know, you need to obsess over something in order to be great at it, you know. And if you're never put in a situation to where you're just, you know, having to figure something out because rent's due and I got to go to the grocery store. And so it's like, okay, what do I have to do to make this work and and figure this out? I think it almost unlocks another level of creativity, too, like in your brain, you know, when trying to, like, achieve something. I totally agree with that. Um, It it really, when you have constraints that sets off something in your brain that, you know, it tells your brain like, hey, you know, this is my timeline or this is my constraint, like make it happen, right? And then somehow like mm-hmm. in your brain, like it calculates a path for you to get get to where you need to. And and you don't even know it's happening. It's, um you know, it's just there and um, you're, you're, your your un- your subconscious is working it out and then it calibrates and then it like 
you know, it tells you like what to do and wh where to go. And, you, you know, you just give it your all. And, um, it, it usually turns out the way you want. Um, so yeah, it, it's, it's really powerful. Yeah. Yeah, man. I love that. Yeah. We, my company, we use time boxing a lot. We do a thing where we do a, a web design in a day. So it's funny how, if you have a week to design something, you'll probably take a week, you know, but if you only have a day, you're going to figure out ways to make that more efficient. You're going to have code snippets ready. You're going to have a template to start with. You're going to have all these things around it. You're going to gather stuff from your client ahead of time better. So once you have like some of that stuff, it makes you be creative and it just helps a lot more efficiency occur, you know, in, in situations like that. And I love the idea of what you're saying is like, it's almost like not quite burn the bridges, but you know, like burn, burn the bridge and just be like, all right, here we go. Or, you know, burn the boats or whatever. Like, all right, this is my, this is what I got to do now. And I think that really puts you in a good spot to achieve something you couldn't otherwise. Yeah. I mean, it, it I mean, it is stressful. Like I, I won't, you know, that's, I can't admit that, that it was a stressful six months, but it, you know, I feel like you got to be a little uncomfortable um, to achieve big things. And if you're comfortable all the time, then you're not going to, you know, get out, get out and do, do much. Right. So you, you really need to get out of your comfort zone and, and push yourself. And that's like a thing that I always remind myself, like if I'm doing this, you know, what makes me uncomfortable, um, then if it makes me uncomfortable, like that's a good sign. Like it's not a bad thing. Mm -hmm. And so you always want to be, you know, improving yourself in some capacity. Like I have things that I want to improve on right now. And, um, you know, when there's things that are, Oh, like, Oh, I don't, I really don't want to do that. But then I, I ask, is it fear driven? If it's fear driven, then, then go ahead and do it because that's not gonna, you know, it's keeping me back. So hmm. that's good. So over that six months, you were just kind of grinding and, and posting on Instagram mm -hmm. and following, you know, people and, and kind of communicating with the community. When did you kind of see like, Oh, this is going to work? Well, it's always, it's always a grind, right? So, so feedback loops are really important from customers. So each week we have a new drop, which is all the gear that we get from that week. And we always look at what sold, what didn't sell, how can we improve? And then, so Week by week, we improve just slightly, um, just catering it towards what our customers want. Um, and so those, those give you signals like early days, you know, the signals are very small and they may be completely off in the beginning, like, you know, selling things from Amazon. Um, but over time, the signals get stronger and stronger. And then, you know, a few of the products will just will hit home and you'll be like, wow, like people really love this. Okay. So how can I replicate this? Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of, um, yeah, it's really important to have great feedback loops with your customers directly. Yeah, that makes sense. When the sales kind of started happening, were you, how long were you like kind of a one man band? And like, at what point did you start bringing people in to help you? This, this is a really good question. So I found myself struggling right around the $1 million mark, so annual revenue. And so this is about $80,000 a month. And I just could not get over this hump. And I, I don't know like if it's like a mental thing, like that $1 million number or, or what, but it just like, I just couldn't push through. And this is when I, when I, when I was a solopreneur, I was just by myself, you know, the lifestyle was great. Actually, I you know I was, uh, my wife and I traveled to Europe, went to the Amalfi coast in Italy and all that. And like, I could just work from my laptop as a solopreneur, 
Um, but yeah, you're making good money, right? It's like, it's good enough to pay your bills and have some mm -hmm. enjoyable times in life, you know, and not too much stress. Exactly. Just enough. Just enough. Yeah. So, you know, I was doing that for a while, but then I don't know, for me, the lack of growth is, um, it just was nagging at me and I don't know if mm. other people are just happy, just kind of like cruising and they're enjoying their solopreneur lifestyle. Um, but you know, for me, I always need to see progress. And so <laughs> it just, it just really, was nagging at me and I was like, oh man, like, how do I, how do I get past this like hurdle, this $1 million hurdle? And it finally clicked where it was like, all right, like I need to start hiring and delegating some of these things. Right. So um, that's when I started bringing in contractors first for very specific tasks. So this would be, um, you know, things like product photography. Like I was taking photos for the website and it was so inefficient because literally like I had to wait, I had a two hour window between 9am and 11am each day where the, the natural light would hit the coffee table, like mm -hmm. just right. And then I would take all my photos <laughs> and it was just like ridiculous, right? But yeah, so I hired, you know, a, a product photographer and um, he's so much better at it than I am. And he, it's, he's so much faster. And so, um, you know, that's a very specific thing that I offloaded. And then slowly, one by one, um, you know, I offloaded more and more things and we started hiring full-time employees. And um, yeah, it just kind of grew from there. But I think the important thing is that I've learned is to, to really grow a business um, you know, I, I actually have this, um, use this framework called the, the I, we, they framework. And so when you first start out, you're the one doing everything. It's like your baby, right? But then eventually you, you get people on board and you're kind of like peers in a way where you're, you're doing everything together to figure out the processes and systems so that, um, you know, they can also do it alongside with you. And then the, the last one, they is they, they just they just run with it and you're I guess managing the process, but you don't have to be involved in the day-to-day -day activity of that specific task. And so kind of kind of utilizing that that framework, um, you're able to level up and you know make use of your time in in more uh, effective ways where um, you know your your time is so valuable, but if you're doing something like um, I don't know, like an answering customer support emails yourself. I mean, those are important in the very beginning. Don't get me wrong. But, um, you know, you can't just live in your inbox and, and grow a business, right? So, um, yeah. So I think hiring very strategically over time is, is really important for growing. Mm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. I've never heard the I, we, they uh, framework. That's a great thing to think about as you're training new people and handing stuff off to them. So what are some of the the hurdles that you started to have to overcome once you started hiring people? You know, in the very beginning, did you just hire friends and family members? Or did you, like, put a post out yeah. on Craigslist or, you know, <laughs> Facebook and try to get, you know, people to apply? Or what, what was that like? Yeah. So I just put up a posting on the website of Ur Urban EDC. And um, we essentially sourced from our own community of enthusiasts and customers. Mm. And you'd be surprised how many people are, you know, they want to help. And, and there are some, a lot of them are very qualified too. And um, they, we really wanted to come from this as like a passion, like make sure you, first of all, you, you got to know your gear, like all this gear terminology, like you really have to know your stuff. And then you got to be passionate about what you're doing. And so, um, 
yeah, we, we sourced our first hires from the community. And then as we grew and needed very specific areas, like, you know, let's say like, um, marketing or, or whatever, right. It's very, something very like tactical and strategic. Then we can get agencies or just hire someone who's, who's only doing that. Um, and, and so that way, because it's so specialized, um, I feel like it's better to get a specialist for that versus sourcing from our community. But generally for, mm -hmm. um, you know, for kind of the more of the cultural thing, like customer support, even, you know, I feel like you got to understand the lingo. You got to understand the culture of the community to really empathize with customers and, and be able to speak their language. Um, and that's really important. So what, um, how large was the team? Yeah. It's peak. So right now the team's about, um, so for urban EDC team is about, uh, 10 urban EDC is about 10. And then, um, growth which is the other company that, that is about, um, 15, 15 to 20. Cause we have a lot of, um, like, uh, warehouse associates. And so those kind of come, come and go depending on demand and seasonality, but yeah, around there. And so are you kind of like CEO of both those companies? Yeah. And then did you have to hire somebody to kind of be like right below you to kind of mm -hmm. manage both those companies, but then you're still involved? Like, what does that look like? Yeah. So it's really important to have a great um, kind of like a, a general manager. So I have a general manager now for Urban ADC. And, um, for growth jet, um, we, we have somebody that is eventually going to be G, uh, GM. Um, but he's, mm -hmm. he's relatively new, so he's still getting, getting up and running, but yeah, he's pretty strong. So yeah, that's kind of how we were, we're thinking about this is have a very strong GM who oversees the operations and, and kind of runs, um, each side of the business. And, um, I have a, a P and L that I run each month. And so. Everybody can see what the PNL is. And so the GM knows exactly what, you know, what they need to do to cut costs or increase revenue or whatever. And so it's a very transparent organization in that respect. And I think that with transparency, you kind of, they kind of manage, you know, the GMs know the numbers and they know which levers to pull within the company. Um, so yeah, that's been working out. Right. That's really cool. Yeah. So it makes it super clear. They don't need to really question too much or you don't need to micromanage like, oh, you kind of know what levers you can pull and we need to get the numbers to here or, okay, we're a little off track. Let's make some adjustments. That's, that's cool. Did, did you hire that person or did you promote that person from within? It's what I've found is that it's really hard to bring someone from the outside at such a high position uh, because you know, you have people that are working and they've been working for you for a while and they feel like they, you know, they, they feel a little bit, it's not like disrespected, but they, they just feel disappointed. Right. Um, and so it's best that I found to work with your team and then, um, see, evaluate their skills. And then eventually, um, they can elevate to a higher position within the company. And so that's kind of what mm. I've done, you know, with each company is just look at the skill sets of each employee. And then if you see like a talent that's like, oh, you know, this, this person's really strong, 
and I, I see potential, then you want to develop that skill set and, and kind of like let them in a little bit more like, hey, here's the PNL. Like, what do you think? How should we, you know, mm. go about improving it? And then if they have really good ideas and they can execute on it, that's a really good signal. Like, hey, this, this guy, you know, this person mm. has something. Let's, let's cultivate this a little more, more. So, um, yeah. So with Urban EDC, did you kind of reach that pinnacle to where you're like, okay, I, I, I made it quote unquote. Now what do I do? And then it, like you kind of got bored. I mean, it seems like to me, it's like you always want to be moving forward. So you kind of did everything you kind of dreamed about doing with the EDC. And then is that when you decided like, oh, I'm going to start this growth jet company? Like, yeah. you know, what, what was going through your mind during that? So what I've, it's an interesting observation. So I found that I get bored every maybe three years or so. And I, I don't know what it is. You're speaking Ben's language right now. <laughs> <laughs> so Ben, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Only it's, yeah, yeah, I definitely, <laughs> Mark knows. What, yeah, I, I do get bored of things like, oh, I'm good at starting things and getting them rolling, but I'm not like a maintenance guy. I'm like, hmm, okay, well, that was fun. Somebody else want to do this now? <laughs> or, yeah. or, you know, I want to go do something else. Yeah, I, I get it. Yeah. So I, I mean, Urban ADC is still going and I, you know, we have new ideas and yeah. like new initiatives that we're launching, but it's not as exciting for me personally, just because the systems are in place. And for me, it, it's now about training and, le uh, you know, like kind of like delegating leadership and decision-making to the, to my team. Um, and then at the same time, I can start something else from scratch and work on that and grow that thing. Uh, and then eventually, you know, the the IWE they framework, I can get other people to join and then do the same thing there. And so I just found that um, I guess that part is really exciting for me is just the early phases and getting to a point where the systems are in place and uh, then I can start mentoring other entrepreneurs essentially, um, to be, to elevate into the, into the company, uh, leadership. So yeah, that's kind of, um, it's like a cycle every three years. I, I, I go through this weird phase where I'm like, all right, it's, it's time, you know, it's time. So, um, yeah. Mm -hmm. How long was urban EDC around before you started growth jet? Yeah. Urban EDC started in October, 2015. So, and then growth jet started, Early 2019, so around January 2019. Okay. Uh, and Growth Jet's an interesting story because we weren't even planning on having that business, but um, a lot of colleagues were asking us about fulfillment and they were having issues with fulfillment themselves. And they started just asking us, hey, can you just help out with our fulfillment? We'll pay you. And so we, we started doing that. So we, we had like two, three clients before we even had a website or a name. So we were getting paid for a service and with no brand equity. And eventually, obviously, we, we created a website and now have a, an actual company name and all that. But um, that one just kind of came to us like so naturally without even us really tr trying much. Um, but yeah. You kind of solved a problem for yourselves and other people are like, hey, can you help me with that? Yeah, exactly. And um, I, yeah, that one was a little bit um, not as... Yeah, that one just came to us really fast. So I didn't need to, I guess, I guess the, the demand was already tested. 
by people mm-hmm. coming to us versus like Urban ADC. I had to, you know, do the whole Amazon thing to test demand. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So uh, what's next? What's next? I mean, yeah. what, what do you, yeah, what do, what do you see is like, you know, have you learned a lot about yourself in, you know, these past several years to, um, you know, kind of know like how to, I would say almost like have bumpers in your life, you know, to kind of keep you going straight and not going off the rails. You obviously you're married. Do you have any kids? No kids yet. Okay. Um, and so, you know, you, you have a family that you're, you're looking out for and, and whatnot. So, um, you know, how do you stay motivated and, you know, what gets you up every day? Yeah. So I started a new podcast. Uh, it's called First Class Founders. And this, again, this is right around three years after GrowthJet. Um, now I'm kind of shifting my focus to empowering and working with other entrepreneurs. And I've seen a lot of things. I've made a lot of mistakes myself doing all this. And I just feel like I can help. If I just help like, like one other person out there, then you know I would be really happy with that. Um, and so... I created this podcast as a learning tool for anyone else who either wants to start a business or they already have one, but they're having, you know, they're, they're not growing or, you know, they're having issues with, you know, whatever it is, right? Like they don't know how to hire properly or whatever. So I created this podcast for, um, for entrepreneurs who are, um, just, you know, ambitious and and wanting to grow. So that's the next phase of, I guess, my journey is, is education for, for others and, and hopefully like help them out in, in some capacity, uh, in the future. Mm. That's awesome. Check it out. Yeah. Firstclassfounders.com looks, looks great. I'll check this out. Awesome. Yeah. Thank, thanks, Ben. I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, you know, this has been, I, I really enjoyed this conversation. I, I feel like I always get some sort of nugget from every person that we talk to on the show. And, you know, I, I feel like we learned a lot from you today. So thanks so much for coming on the show and just kind of sharing your journey with us and just a little bit of, you know, kind of behind the scenes of, you know, what it's taken to grow a business, maintain a business and, you know, keep moving forward. So typically we have been distill everything that we've learned this episode down to a handful of takeaways. So Ben, what do you got for us today? All right. I got, I got some really good ones here. Um, one thing you said that I thought was really wise, I'm going to do myself is just reflect and see what you're spending your time and your money on, because it's probably what you're passionate about. Uh, Mark, you said this one part of the conversation. Is it, am I allowed to use you, Mark too? We've never done this. I've never pulled a quote from you before. (laughs) Why have I not done this? I'm an idiot. That's (laughs) (laughs) all. No, you said, uh, pressure can help you reach your full potential, which I thought was really a good way of distilling what we were talking about. Also, uh, you said, um, figure out a way to test your market instead of over-investing in the beginning. I really, that was a great takeaway to showing like how you didn't overinvest and stuff like that. Uh, and my favorite thing you said was you have to be uncomfortable to achieve big things. So that was really, um, something I will be thinking a lot about. Uh, and you also said, just keep moving, which I think is the theme of this episode. Just keep moving. Mm-hmm. Love it. So young Sue, if you could leave our audience with uh, one advice, you know, say someone wants to get into the e-commerce space or start their own business or grow their business. What is one thing that you might tell a young uh, entrepreneur 
um, or someone just starting out uh, to start doing next week right away? Yeah, I think it's really important to just find something that you're passionate about and, and just start, you know, because I, I feel like too many of us are just on the sidelines, like wishing that they would get started one day, but then that one day never comes or, you know, you have some other priorities that pop up in your life. And, you know, once you get started, that at least gets you going and then you can kind of evaluate yourself and and you really learn a lot from just taking that first action. And so I encourage everyone to, you know, take that first step and stay consistent with what you're doing for, you know, six, 12 months. Uh, you, you find out a lot about yourself by doing that. That's awesome. That's great. I love that advice. If somebody wanted to connect with you, where, where's the best place to, to do that? Yep. So I'm on Twitter at Yong Su Chung. And you can also find my podcast at firstclassfounders.com. Awesome. Yeah. And also check out uh, urbanedcsupply.com because there's some really, really nice stuff on there. Awesome. Well, thanks for being on the show. And you can go to thefridayhabit.com to find show notes for our episode. And you can find links to our websites there and ways to get in touch with us. At the bottom of the page, you can download our guide to the Friday Habit System that will help you set aside one full day each week dedicated to working on your business instead of in your business. That's right. And if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us a review in the Apple Podcast app. And if you have a question or a topic you'd like us to cover, don't forget to record a quick voice memo and send it to hello at thefridayhabit.com. Thanks for listening, guys. And until next time, live every day like it's Friday. Friday.